It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. We're funny creatures as humans impulsive, stubborn. We procrastinate for eternity and make decisions on a whim. Can we ever say with complete certainty where our choices are going to take us? Just remember, once in a while, we get it right. You'll never take a wrong turn with Toyota, the world's best-selling hybrid electric cars. Toyota, built for a better world. Claim source EV volumes and industry data. See toyota.ie forward slash verification. Hello and welcome to another episode of Talking Point, Planet F1's very own podcast. We're pretty pleased that uh, the last lap carnage of the British Grand Prix happened because beforehand we were yeah, pretty concerned that we'd have literally nothing to talk about in this podcast. Um, by we, I of course mean myself, Finley Kraboda, and uh, the Planet F1 editor, Michelle Foster, who's uh, joining me as always. Michelle, how's it going? Good morning, Finley. <clears throat> yeah, no complaints. Another race done, an exciting finish. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, a championship one, I would say. Yeah, it's uh, it's looking that way already, isn't it? Like I said, and uh, like you said, the exciting finish is uh, the obvious talking point from uh, the last weekend. So, I mean, yeah, let's just get straight into it, I guess. Beforehand, it was, to be frank, a pretty, pretty, pa- well, not pretty, a painfully boring race. I mean, it made Hungary a few weeks ago look pretty interesting. Uh, not even two safety cars could make it exciting, I don't think. But then, with um, two laps left, disaster struck with those Pirelli tyres. First Valtteri Bottas, and then uh, Carlos Sainz and Lewis Hamilton. You've got to wonder, with all the data, all the graphics and everything, not that Formula One's tyre wear graphics are particularly good, how did this happen? Yeah, Finley, it's it's one of those weird ones. I mean, with I think it was about ten laps to go, <clears throat> suddenly Valtteri Bottas was complaining about his tires, and you just kind of thought, oh no, it's Mercedes pushing the panic button to try and make things a little bit more exciting, you know, as they do. Let's be honest, you know. And then next thing, the guy's tire went, and it was like, oh my goodness, that was completely unexpected. It was quite strange because if you looked at his tires beforehand, he had a 
like a very notable stripe of blistering on the front right. And yet when it came time to go, it was the left one that went. So there went his P2. Um, and then, like you said, you know, moments later, there went Carlos Sainz's tyre, there went Lewis Hamilton's tyre. It was completely unexpected. I mean, Pirelli acknowledged the fact that when they looked at the tyres, there was there was high wear. I mean, um, the Pirelli boss has come out and said it was almost like 100% on Roman Grosjean's first set of tyres. Remember, he ran very long in that first stint. And, and suddenly, yeah, there went the tyres. Um, Pirelli are not 100% sure if it might have been... A bit of debris as well. I mean, Kimi Raikkonen lost his front wing. Uh, Christian Horner's come out and said something to the effect of like Max's tires had like 50 different cuts on them uh, just from <clears throat> that last stint. But the drivers did all go long in that last stint. The majority of them pitted off to the second safety car. They put 38 laps on those tires. And yeah, they just didn't quite hold up, unfortunately. Or I don't know, maybe fortunately, if you're Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc. Uh, there's a part of me that just wishes that the tyres went maybe, I don't know, two laps earlier because uh, then pretty much everyone's would have gone. And uh, well, yeah, that would have been carnage. I guess we'd see Roman Grosjean winning the race, considering he was the only one that's tyres weren't however many laps old at that point. Um, yeah, you mentioned Max Verstappen, obviously. He ended up P2, um, went past Bottas, but then they decided to pit him for him to get fastest lap. And he, uh, yeah, because of that, he couldn't catch Hamilton at the end. Red Bull have been criticised a bit for pitting him, you know. There's, you know, they should have, after seeing Bottas, gambled and stayed out. But I don't know, it's tough, isn't it? Because at the end, of the, it's easy to say in hindsight, but uh, as Christian Horner said, the same thing could have happened to Max, couldn't it? Well, that's the thing. I mean, immediately... I think everyone's first reaction is, oh my goodness, Red Bull have just thrown away like their first Grand Prix win of the season. Yeah, And then it came out, like I said, that Christian was saying that Max's tyres had like 50 different cuts on them. So rather take P2 and a fastest lap point you know, than be like Bottas and, and finish outside the top 10. So Red Bull did make the, did make the right call. Um, you're a little gutted for them because you kind of sit there and think, well, okay, maybe, just maybe. But they would rather take the, the 19 points that Max scored than nothing. Considering where they were going into the weekend, I don't think it's really something that they can be complaining about, to be honest. Um, yeah, obviously it was tough luck for Valtteri Bottas, Carlos Sainz. Um, but then, I mean, you say luck, but honestly, you look at Lewis Hamilton. And um, I mean, one, he made his ties last a bit longer than Bottas, but I think also what was just so impressive was how he managed to nurse it over the finish line at the end. That Mercedes literally had three wheels, you know, that's not an exaggeration. And I, I kept watching thinking, oh, there's a tight corner coming up, he's just going to go straight off the track here, Verstappen will win. We, we often talk about, you know, Hamilton, how quick he is, his raw pace, his good wheel to wheel racing, but I mean, when it comes to tyres, he's, um, again, arguably the best on the grid, isn't he? He's very good at managing his tyres, which kind of makes all his, his tyre complaints in the middle of the race a bit obsolete uh, and a bit annoying, if we're completely honest. But the guy is phenomenal. I mean, he won a race on three wheels. And yes, you could say it was just a couple of corners. But could you imagine, let's say, Roman Grosjean driving a, a three-cornered car? No? Would he have uh, Would he have got it to the finish line or would he have put it in the barrier? So what Hamilton did was absolutely fantastic. It was it was probably the biggest applause I've ever given him for a race win. It was that it was that good. 
Um, and it just, you know, it really added a, a whole lot of excitement to the deal. You know, you could argue uh, it would have been nice if maybe he hadn't finished or he had a putter just for the championship. But it, Sunday was just another display of why Lewis Hamilton is a 40 million man. Yeah, I don't know. When, when I saw his tie go, I was briefly hoping that he'd end up doing what Bartas did and uh, dropping completely down the order out of the points altogether. But I mean, after the race he drove and the, the weekend he drove in general, I think it would have left a bit of a bit of a sour taste in everyone's mouth um, if he didn't win, even if it was good for the championship. Which, it, um, yeah, it definitely wasn't good for the championship because Hamilton won, he got the, the bigger 25 points. And Valtteri Bottas ended up in P11 with no points, meaning that um, Hamilton has a whopping 30-point lead at the top of the standings after four races. It's it's fair to say that he can pretty much start celebrating now, surely, isn't it? Yeah, it's absolutely crazy. I mean, his 30-point lead means even if Bottas wins the next race and Hamilton decides to go and sit on a beach somewhere, he will still be leading the championship. And to say that after just four races of the season seems absolutely crazy, but it is what it is. He's won three races. He has shown phenomenal form. Um, Literally, Hamilton has like one blooper a season, and this year that was at the very first race when he collided with Alex Albon. So I think, unfortunately, for Hamilton's rivals, we're going to see pure perfection from here on out. Might take the foot off the gas after he wins the title. You know, he's done that in the past, just to give everybody else a, a little bit of a look in. But, yeah, I mean, Max Verstappen was asked, can anyone stop Hamilton winning the title? And his response was no. He didn't elaborate. He didn't go into any details. It was just downright no. Charles Leclerc at least still seems to think that Valtteri Bottas has a shot, but 30 points difference, both in the W11, I don't think Valtteri Bottas has a shot anymore. So, yeah, it's it's Hamilton's trophy, I mean, and, and well done to him. I mean, even if you just take into account this weekend's race and the previous race in Hungary, the, the guy was the guy was incredible. He is incredible. He deserves all the praise that he, that he gets. Um, and unfortunately, he often doesn't get enough praise for what he does. But when you consider that he is in the same car as a teammate, and yet he makes his teammates look like they are second fiddles, it's he's wow. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, I think Bottas, he's generally not really considered one of the top drivers on the grid. And I don't think that would be the case if he wasn't alongside Hamilton. You know, I think if you put him in the Ferrari alongside Vettel or Leclerc this year, then... I don't know, I think he'd probably be able to, to match them quite often, really. But Hamilton just makes him look like this kind of, you know, bog-standard, bang-average driver. Which says it all, really, doesn't it? In terms of a championship battle, P2 now could be interesting if Verstappen stays so consistent and uh, Bottas makes a few more mistakes. But, um, I mean, I think there's... I can't remember how many points there's in it. It's something like five points, uh, maybe six between them I don't know is that something that that, that you think could get tight yeah I think unfortunately for Max it was Pirelli that have made him think that P2 might be possible but I don't think it is I think we really are on course for a Mercedes championship double and a Mercedes 1-2 at the end of it all and hats off to them I mean they've done they've done a fantastic job I mean Danny Rick came out after qualifying another qualifying session where Hamilton was a full second faster than the first non-Mercedes car 
Um, and Danny Rick was saying, like, D don't be bitter, be better. You know, we have to try harder. We shouldn't, we shouldn't look at ways and criticize Mercedes. We should rather use it as fuel to push harder. And he's right. I mean, Mercedes is the one team that can take their foot off the gas, that can let complacency slip in. And yet they're the team that popped up with dust for this season. They get criticised a lot at the moment for, uh, you know, ruining the sport, you know, because of how good they are, which is just bizarre, really. You know, how can you criticise a team for effectively doing what they're supposed to be doing? I think the criticism needs to be aimed at Red Bull, at Ferrari in particular, you know, considering the resources they have, not building a car to match the Mercedes. And I mean, they've had so long to catch up, you know, the regulations have been by f1 standard fairly stable for quite a while now so i mean you know there's been such a long time for them to be able to figure out what they're doing wrong and catch up um and yeah neither of them have unfortunately yeah moving on to ferrari the car i don't know it's hard to tell whether the car was any good this weekend because charles leclerc came out and he said that he was very happy with the balance of the car throughout the weekend if not the outright performance um and Sebastian Vettel looked like he was driving a shopping trolley for most of the weekend. Leclerc finished P3, Vettel P10, just scraped a point thanks to Sainz and Bottas's tyre troubles. What do you think? I mean, is Leclerc driving really well? Is Vettel just awful? Or Ferrari just designed a car for Leclerc and kind of you know forgot all about Vettel's preferences? How has how has this kind of huge gap between the two grown? I can only assume that this year's Ferrari has been designed to Leclerc's preferences. I mean, Sebastian Vettel is a fantastic driver. He's a four-time world champion. You can't take that away from him, even if he is having a, a really horrid season. But he was nowhere this weekend. It was you, – you actually felt sorry for the bloke. There have been a few sort of whispers about is there some form of sabotage of Ferrari, you know, playing completely to Leclerc's hands and stuff. But, I mean, even Seb himself has come out and said, ah, that's not what's happening. But, he, like he said, the, the car was awful. He struggled. He struggled from the start to the finish, and there was there was nothing he could do, nothing he could figure out to, to fix it. That's such a strange thing because, I mean, Seb's known for being really good at setting up a car, for understanding what's wrong and what's right and stuff. And with this Ferrari, he the poor lad's just scratching his head. Yeah, like you said, he's he's renowned for his kind of abilities to be um, kind of just, you know, an engineer as well as a driver, you know. He's always set up his cars so well um, and he's always been really kind of interested in that side of things, unlike a lot of other drivers. So, yeah, it is really kind of jarring to see him struggle so much with handling a car. But doesn't look like he'll be there much longer you know uh, those rumors to Aston, Mar Aston Martin are growing by the day but uh yeah that's something for another time um before we move on to taking head at next week I thought we'd just pick our drivers of the day for yesterday because I mean you know we mentioned Leclerc, Hamilton, Verstappen how good they all were um and a lot of the time it it does mean you know the other impressive drivers kind of get lost in the conversation so um yeah, I mean, who else stood out to you outside of the uh, the podium places? Yeah, so both the McLarens, again, solid job. Um, they really are working well, those two, Lando Norris and Carlos Sainz. Uh, they're, happy to, they're happy to play the teammate game, which I think is absolutely incredible, and it's what McLaren needs at the moment to help them in their strides forward. Both of them were fantastic, gutted for Sainz that he, that he didn't score a point. Um, and Danny Rick, P4 for Renault. 
It's uh, I think that matches his best result from last season with the team. So he also he also had a good race. Um, driver of the day, I don't know, maybe that needs to go to Roman Grosjean just because he seemed to be getting a whole hell of a lot of screen time yesterday. I think Haas have probably been on TV um, more in the last two races than they did the entirety of last season, I think. Um, which, I, I mean, honestly, apart from being a decent race strategy, it's probably a good financial strategy because of uh, the money they'll get from their sponsors for all the TV time. Um, yeah, I mean, in all seriousness, I think he did a pretty decent job, you know, making those tyres lasting, especially when you look at what happened to tyres towards the end of the race. His racing may have been a little aggressive, but honestly... I don't think I can blame him when that's his only chance to race at the front, probably for the entire season. Yeah, you mentioned the McLarens. Um, Daniel Ricciardo, I think. Yeah, I think he's he's had a great start to the season, actually, which I think is going pretty under the radar. Um, obviously, he had one DNF, which wasn't wasn't uh, his fault. But except from that, I think he's got P8, P8, P4, which is pretty solid considering the car he has. I think also um shout needs to be given to Pierre Gasly, who ended up P7 uh, after doing a really, really good overtake on Sebastian Vettel, which is just bizarre, to be honest, an Alfatori overtaking a Ferrari for P10. Didn't think I'd see that this season. With that performance, you'd think that maybe there'd be people linking him back to Red Bull again, but um, thankfully, in the end, Alex Albon had a great recovery drive as well. He ended up in P8. That was a pretty good drive on his part in the end, wasn't it, as well? From Alex, yeah, but it did unfortunately start with him hitting Kevin Magnussen. Yeah, it was it was another mistake, another moment where Red Bull were probably sitting there thinking, okay, what's going on? I mean, remember Danny Kivett got dropped after the Russian Grand Prix by Red Bull because he gave Sebastian Vettel a good whack, yeah, and that was the final straw. Christian Horner is defending Alex a lot, saying, like, listen, he only joined the team halfway through last season. Let's give the guy some time. You know, he needs to he needs to build things up. Um, and he's also said that Red Bull needs to give him a better car. You know, um, while Max seems to be able to drive around problems, Alex, is, Alex seems to be one of those who needs the car to be almost perfect. They gave him a new race engineer this weekend. And, yeah, great recovery drive. But, unfortunately, there was that that blip at the start and that five-second penalty. He really needs to come out this this coming weekend and shine before before the rumours become too much that it starts killing his confidence. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you mentioned Christian Horner, and that is one thing I have noticed, actually, is he seems to be defending... Albon a lot more strongly than he than he did Pierre Gasly um, when Gasly was there. But I mean, I don't know, maybe that's just him learning his lesson and the team learning their lesson from how Gasly's done since he left, which would be a good thing because I think um, there's not many fans who are particularly fond of the approach that Red Bull take to their underperforming drivers. I mean, yeah, like you said, Albon does need to start stepping it up a bit more, stop making those mistakes because... There is, I think, there's probably going to end up being quite a few interesting drivers free for next year, you know? I mean, Sergio Perez might be free if Vettel goes to Aston Martin. Um, Nico Hülkenberg, who showed up this weekend. Uh, sadly, I was hoping we'd be able to talk about him quite a bit in this episode, but sadly never even started the race. Yeah, moving on to next week. Obviously, this week's race was pretty horrendous, to be quite honest, before all those tyres burst with two laps to go. But, um... I don't know, there's hope for more next week, isn't there? We've got warmer conditions, softer tyres. In terms of strategy, it's going to be a lot more interesting, isn't it? 
Yeah, they're definitely going to have to get in a two-stock strategy. I mean, the fact that Pirelli are going a, a step softer, <clears throat> I hope they still stick to that and do that just to add a bit more excitement to it. Um, the only problem with strategy, of course, is you can always just match somebody else's and everything comes home in formation. But here's hoping someone takes a gamble, tries something different. Um, and, yeah, I mean, no one ever wants a tire failure to, to lead to a big crash. But if someone's willing to take that chance, then, well, that could add to the excitement too. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's uh, hard to balance it up. Obviously, we don't want any any big crashes or incidents, but we do want some excitement. And at the moment, sometimes t- exploding tyres is, uh, is the only way that can come. Yeah, I mean, what do you reckon, Nico Hulkenberg podium this time? Oh, definitely, Nico on the podium. I tell you what, that would be that would be the result of the season for me. It would... It would be everything, even if it means that that is still going to be his last Formula One race and nobody decides to snap him up and he doesn't get signed for next year, but he gets that podium. It's uh, It would be a fairy tale ending. I, I feel like he really is one of those chaps who just hasn't had the results that he's deserved. He's so talented. And yeah, Nico on the podium, bring it on. Yeah, I, I really, really hope so, because I mean, uh, I think he's got so much bad luck in Formula 1 um, and yeah still gives me sleepless yeah, I mean yeah it gives me sleepless nights the fact that he's never got a podium when I look to uh, I don't know, Brazil 2012 uh, Germany a few years ago he he should have had one by now judging by racing points race pace yesterday it'll be a tool order but uh, you never know gotta be optimistic that's just about everything from uh, yesterday's race like we said hopefully next week's will be interesting from lap one rather than from lap 57 or whatever it was no 47 rather anyway thanks to everyone as always for uh listening to the episode today um hope you enjoyed it and if you did then uh yeah please 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 leave us a review on apple podcasts uh because it really helps us out in the meantime before next week's race which we'll be covering live of course be sure to keep an eye on our website, planetf1.com, as well as our social media channels. Um, our Facebook is Planet F1, and our Twitter is Planet underscore F1. I'm actually going to be away visiting family in Holland for the next few races, so um, yeah, no podcast for the 70th anniversary Grand Prix or the Spanish Grand Prix afterwards, but uh, yeah, we'll be back after that to uh, take you through the rest of the season. Stay safe and uh, see you soon. Bye. We're free. Finally. Free now. Free to bump elbows again now. Free to finally see mum, dad, gran, even that weird uncle now. Free to escape the news, finally say I do, or even a first, hey you, now. Free to go north side, south side, or even the seaside and be free as a city seagull now. Free to... Now. There's nothing like the feeling of being free now. Ready? Book a ride now with free now. And with Ireland's shortest wait times... We're always ready. Sports Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.